Hello and welcome to oh shit. Hello and welcome to what? What the? F- I haven't even fucking. Gee, why have I got there? Jesus Christ! Right, sorry. Welcome to the watching too much the television. <laughs> you're listening to watching too much television. You know why you hid in that ditch, Blythe? Scared. We're all scared. You hid in that ditch because you think there's still hope. But blind, the only hope you have is to accept the fact that you're already dead. Hello and welcome to Watching Too Much Television podcast. And today's episode is going to be on Band of Brothers. And I have with me Jacob. Hello. And Connor. Good morning. <laughs> Basically, brief overview of the show. Band of Brothers is a 2001 American war drama miniseries based on historian Stephen E. Ambrose's 1992 nonfiction book of the same name. The series follows the Easy Company 2nd Battalion, 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101 Airborne Division. From training in the United States. So many numbers. Training in the United States through the participation of major actions in Europe up until Japan's surrender and the end of World War Two. The events based on Ambrose's research and recorded interviews with Easy Company's veterans. The series took some licenses and adapting history for dramatic effects in the series structure. The characters portrayed are members of Easy Company. And some of the men were recorded in interviews, which we'll see as the start of like several episodes with the, with the men's real identities revealed in the finale. But the viewership stats. So when it came, it debuted in September the 9th, 2001. The premiere drew, drew over 10 million viewers. But two days later, the September 11 attacks occurred and HBO immediately seized the marketing campaign. Hence, while the second episode drew 7.2 million viewers and the last episode received 5.1 million viewers and that was the smallest audience but the awards that it won it won it won 34 so obviously i'm not going to you know completely say what they kind of won but i'll just explain the biggest ones so they won the golden Mm -hmm. globes for the best mini series or motion picture made for television the nominee for best performance by an actor miniseries and best performance for a supporting role it won who were they that was Damien Lewis and Ron Livingston. Mm-hmm. Oh, fair, yeah. But then Primetime Emmy Awards, it won a lot. So we've got out, Outstanding Casting for, uh, for a miniseries, that won five. Outstanding Directing for a miniseries, that got like seven. Um, outstanding Miniseries, that won like eight. Outstanding uh, Sound Editing, that won over eight. So yeah, the list kind of goes on, on and on for it. So it won a lot for sure. That's only one series as well. That's so mad. Yeah, you're you're telling me. So Band of Brothers received critical acclaim with a nine point four rating on IMDb, a ninety four percent fresh Rotten Tomato score, and an eight point eight on TV.com. And it even got a massive influence from the German series Generation War, which is characterized by critics as Band of, I can't even pronounce, but the German word for brothers. So that show took massive influence from the Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. On IMDb, it's the third best show of all time behind Planet Earth 1 and 2. Jesus. But I looked on uh, Metacritic as well, but I, there's not too many rate, ratings on there because I think of the Metacritic is a newer-ish website. And obviously, Band of Brothers is like... 
nearly mm. 20 years old now, which is <laughs> mad to say. Mm. But yeah, but the metal score, the meta score for critics is 87 based on 28 critic reviews, mm-hmm. but the user score is based on 23 ratings, and that's about 9.7. Okay. But there was one kind of okay review from the Washington Post. And he said, even though the series is at times visually astonishing, it suffers from disorganization, muddled thinking, and a sense of redundancy. A few of the characters stand out, strikingly against the backdrop of war. In fact, this is no backdrop and no front drop. When you watch two hours and you still aren't quite sure who the main characters are, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, obviously, we can talk about we'll talk about the negative later and see if anyone kind of feels the same way in that. But mm-hmm. now uh, we're going to discuss the personal relationship with the show. So, whoever wants to kind of go first and kind of you know how it how they kind of found the show, how quickly you watched it if you if you did watch it in a quick time. Yeah, if anyone wants to go, go first. for it, Jacob. Um, go ahead. Yeah. So again, it goes back to mine and Connor's uni days. I believe we actually watched the first episode at uni. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, literally just the first after a Friends marathon where we finished every single episode of Friends and then watching the first episode. Oh. So it's initially quite jarring when you go into the first episode and see <laughs> David Schwimmer. We can't pass revolt. We can't pass revolt. God, he is a he, dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can... Uh... Can of peaches. Nope, it's army property. We can pass revolt. <laughs> pass oh, um, so, yeah, no. We really... I really enjoyed the first episode, but I just never... We just didn't watch it afterwards for mm. some reason. And then, yeah, lockdown happened. A big old Rona. And Ash recommended that I watch it. I wanted something to start watching. And we were also playing battlefield lots at the time so we yeah, were we a, were be, yeah yeah we were on a we were on like an absolute world war two hype <laughs> <laughs> so basically <laughs> yeah oh what a vibe <laughs> yeah god absolute <laughs> hype for war yeah and then basically i ended up watching the whole series within two days which nice. it, it sounds it, it sounds insane, but it wasn't that much of a task to watch it. I can take you up a notch there. So, <laughs> so obviously, yeah, watched the first episode and thought it was good, but it wasn't like oh, you know how like when we're talking about Sopranos or if you talk about like Breaking Bad, mm. and that, like you, the pilot that makes you go like shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, how would this end in six or seven seasons? This wasn't really that obviously, and um, I think the first episode. I think with the context of the rest of the show actually wasn't that great for me. Mm. I didn't watch it for probably two years up until I think, yeah, just as lockdown started, I was like, well, I need to watch it. So let's give it a go. I got, uh, I thought I got six episodes in. I actually just got three episodes in. So I don't know what that, uh, don't know what that kind of shows in my head, but, um, but no, so when we started talking about doing this podcast, I said, we said straight away that it was going to be the second episode. So I, um, I started it with my girlfriend at 10 p.m. on a Monday, uh, maybe last Monday, and then I ended it Tuesday, 2 p.m. Oh, my God. God. Um, so for some reason, when when I watched it the first time, or the second time, I guess, but when I got past the first episode and carried on, I, I, I mean, I think I, I was just, I was kind of an idiot. I think I was just, like, easily distracted, phone, uh, whatever. But this time because I was like, I was taking notes down, uh, everything. And I think 
I just was straight up like in it the entire time and just absolutely smashed it. Yeah, no, really good. I heard really good things all the time from you, Ash, and I've heard just constant. I've never heard a bad thing. So um, I I wanted to understand it and finally got there, finally. But yeah, with my personal relationship with the show, I watched it about 15 years ago or or, or so. The OG. Um, And how old does that make you there, Ash? Just for context. Like 14, 15 maybe oh, wow. if I can remember, if I can remember so you're my 28 age. years old <laughs> nice no so I would have been I would have been 9 10 then yeah right, that makes yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> I've known you for years how did I not know you were 30 yeah I may uh, yeah I, I, I do come you age swimmingly <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, um, oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, when I was a uh, nine and ten, then I <laughs> I uh, first started watching it because I was on a um, it's basically like a war kind of consuming movie hype, I guess. Obviously, I watched, I watched um, War Vibe, like yeah. en- Enemy at the Gates, Saving Private Ryan. We were soldiers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then um, I was at my granddad's, and there was just this metal tin. And it's like Band of Brothers, and I was literally like, "This looks like, and like, this looks sick already from from the get go." So then, obviously, my granddad's like, "Oh yeah, whatever, so whatever, you can kind of borrow it." So then, obviously, I watched it kind of all in a weekend. I was just like, "What the hell did I just?" Oh, as in it was like a steelbook. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It was like a oh, steelbook, but I kind of, I just, I just remember it kind of like resembled like a just a tin and seeing like all the discs. Obviously, there was like normal DVDs, so it was just oh, like sick. eight discs or something. So oh, I was just wow. like, "Jesus Christ." But, um, that's what but I yeah, so actually, mm. not the still, but yeah, what, but yeah, like there yeah, are so many yeah. discs, isn't it? and I was just like, oh my god, like my mind was just obviously blown because obviously I have to watch, uh, like Saving Private Ryan stuff, even though obviously they're, they're good, but they're only like two hours. Obviously, this is like like 10 plus hours, whatever. So it just, mm. yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was amazing. I didn't really watch it for a while, and then I think I watched it again before I went to uni. And then because Jacob again was because obviously I recommended watching it to Jacob, and then. He was obviously saying this is really good. I was like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to just watch it again. Because obviously, like, lockdown. Mm-hmm. Lockdown is, is kind of a, a bit boring, obviously. And then, because I don't have I don't have this box there, whether I have a, a Now TV subscription. So, yeah, big up Now TV for uh, having such a good <laughs> show on there. That should but, be a sponsor. Um, God, this place is sponsored by Now TV. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, or, yeah, so... Since, it's not. Since, <laughs> Please, no, it's Scotty, not, no, it's not. She's an assist. We've not been contacted. <laughs> but, um, not yet. <laughs> but, yeah, as previously mentioned in the synopsis, the show covers Easy Company from 1942 to 1945. It obviously goes through the American airborne landings in Normandy, Operation Margaret, Mark Margaret, Operation Market Garden, the Siege of Baston, and obviously onto the war's end. And then one that I found really interesting was when they take her Eagle's Nest. I think it's the second episode in. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was just ridiculous. When when they take it with uh, with Winters, that's a textbook case for an assault on a fixed position, and it's still demonstrated for the military. Oh, wow. Like, now yeah it said it at the the uh, end of that episode it comes up and uh, yeah writing. yeah it's fucking nuts. yeah so i was sure. just like jesus christ yeah let's let's talk about i guess just winters and david trimmer's performance like how did you guys kind of feel because well, obviously i know you said, you said jacob you literally watched a friend's marathon and it goes straight into it do you think it like maybe put you off or anything um, or initially it was i think initially watching it the problem was 
because I watched all that Friends and like you, you associate David Schwimmer with Friends, like he is Ross. So you kind of forget that he's done other things. Yeah, he directed Run Fat Boy Run. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Classic. Um, Cinematic masterpiece. Exactly. Uh, Godfather Who. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Godfather Part Who. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it was really. It was. It was honestly first time watching it. It was quite jarring. I found it quite funny. There's something about the character now. That I still find like I don't know if you're meant to find him funny because he, I, well, he no, this is, is a what dick. I was going to say completely. Like he is a dick, but every episode that you see him after the first episode, I find it he's still supposed to be funny. Like because it's almost supposed to look at him like, oh, look at him. He he didn't do very well. He's a fucking pussy in the field. Whenever you see him after that, everyone's kind of taking the piss out of him. So it is almost yeah like he he's the perfect person to cast because. <laughs> You are taking the piss out of him for being Ross, but they're taking the piss out of him because he's a dick. Yeah, but I still wouldn't take anything away from his performance. No, not at all. Because I think it was really good. I think the second time around watching it, I bought into him more as a, like, what was his... Oh, I can't remember his character's actual name. Fogel. Did you say Fogel? Fogel. <laughs> No, I didn't say so. Oh, oh yeah, he, he's McLovin. <laughs> he's McLovin. No, but you buy you buy into his character a lot more, and I think. Oh my god, it's him. Um, I think. Um, <laughs> what I quite like about it is, like, he is quotable, like as we were doing at the start yeah. of the podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's really quotable. Um, to be honest, he's probably the only one that is because it's not a very quotable show, and it's not no. hilarious in most places. There are funny parts, but he brings that kind of ease and the niceness to it he's got he still carries himself with a good sternness and i think the shit that he gave damien lewis's character uh, lieutenant winters, winters mm. um the shit that he gives winters at the start of the show and i think as well it, it's the interesting conversation that they have about it kind of gets to the point where all those troops write to the commanding officer and they all go in front of him and they're they they know that they potentially could get court martialed just for saying that they they don't want to be under him. Mm-hmm. I thought that or even was a, killed. Yeah, that, that's what one of the guys really emphasized. like we could we could be killed for this. Yeah, if you want to do this, you have to be like he's got to go in go into it with no uh, remorse or anything. Yeah, really. But I think and the fact that that probably like the fact that that actually happened as well. It it shows that more realistic side that I I think there would be a lot of people in war that are just like. If you're going to go into a war of this scale, that you do want to be comfortable under who's leading yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a common theme in the show as well, isn't it? Because even in the later se- uh, episodes with Dyke, that that was a really big one. I think that it is it is often looked at throughout the thing of like leadership, mm-hmm. especially yeah. seeing Winters because he's constantly progressing and progressing throughout the show. That I think from the get go, you need to know that the leader's right, and obviously. Ross just, Ross just wasn't. Yeah, well, that's the basics. I mean, even the commanding officer, where at the end of the, he kind of goes, "Oh, I think you're going to be better just training people, but not actually going out to war yourself." And I think obviously that's why some of the members of these company were like, "We don't want to be led under him." So obviously they do the ex, they do the exercise as well, and he literally fucks up twice, doesn't he? Oh, actually, mm. that's a really funny bit. Is that when they cut the wire and then the guy does that uh, commanding officer's voice? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I shouldn't do it. And all the, and all like the, uh, 
all the privates and like sergeants are trying to just hide like, behind the tree. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, yeah. that was the first like proper bit of humor, I think. Like, because oh, you, gosh. I think you often forget in these things that they are kids as well. Like, a lot of yeah. these people are like 18, and it's unrealistic to think that they're not going to try and have fun. Like, especially like imagine being like with the boys, like, yeah. like especially when it's like yeah, you're not kind gosh. of like. You're just on patrol. You're not doing anything inherently dangerous at that point. So if you can, if you can rib a guy, you know, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it, it needs to be established like the ensemble cast mm. of it because, like, I literally, I, I've literally got yeah. a list of like the characters, the names, and in brackets what they're also from or what they came to get later in, in roles and stuff like and my main one being um scott grimes that plays malarkey being steve smith in american dad mm. is yeah. my number <laughs> one mental. just because he was actually he was one of my favorites easily character wise and yeah but the whole time you hear him just yeah. kind of squeak a little bit and you hear the steve smith coming out in him it's so good I think the bit that's quite funny with Malarkey, I think, is when they... No, I think it's in the first episode, isn't it, when he talks to that British guy, goes, oh, God, I want yeah, my hands yeah. on the leader. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, he gets it, and he walk, and he like tries to walk away with it, obviously, like, not not intentionally, but obviously, he actually forgets, and then the guy goes, what are you, mate? What do you think you're doing? And he's like, oh, sorry. I thought that was, like, quite... That, that, was I quite funny. things like that. <laughs> he's like, you have like a in, um, in the show, I like some of my favourites, like, the recurring kind of jokes and things like that. So that Luger thing, because in the second episode, yeah. he literally, like, goes on to, like, over the little trench bit. Is it the second episode? Might be the yeah. first. No. I, but, like, yes. Yeah, I think episode. so, but, like, yeah. I he, think um, say. he goes over to a body and everyone stops shooting because they think he's a medic, but he's just trying to get the Luger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just runs, yeah. like, zigzagging, just like... <laughs> But I think first episode kind of just shows we're talking about everyone like mucking around like the innocents. They're they're not they're not excited to go to war, but they're kind of they're preparing themselves. And obviously, by the end of the show, yeah, you know I mean? they're completely different people. Obviously, to be expected when they've gone to war. So it kind of just shows like first episode how innocent everyone is. Everyone's mucking around, like kind of not everyone mucking around, but people trying to have a good time. But when as soon as they get to kind of normally, that's when well, kind of like it, it comes kind of like no, that's some of my favorite real. about it. Um, I did write it down on the positives, but I'll um, say it now is like more how like how time passes yeah. in the show is um because my main thing in terms of films where it goes like ten years later and whatever two years later, um, my main um, what's the word? Uh, reference is always Brokeback Mountain because of how much it just jumps through time and it and it feels yeah. disjointed and that's what made me kind of mm. it, it turned me off the film quite a lot whereas in this time is literally just executed so perfectly like it's so believable and like because they're kind of kids you get this character development yeah, for sure. where like they grow and mature over like six or seven episodes and then they yeah. like some, some of them are beards some of them have like yeah. gone from like being kind of little uh, immature little dickheads who are like bullying others, especially the, oh, what's his name? Is it Bill? <laughs> like the kind of short, um, the short guy gets his. Oh no, don't worry, but that's a spoiler. Um, but yeah, a guy called <laughs> yeah, like he's just like really like digging at everyone, oh, yeah. calling um, calling when is yeah, a, uh, a Quaker, that guy. Yeah, and yeah. So, like, and like he, but uh, he matures William... so much. It'll be William something. Yeah, I think he's a perfect kind of reference point for the maturity of the like and the character yeah, development sure. because he is just like this kid, and the 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 band of brothers mm. <laughs> kind of comes together, and you see that kind of like all those connections kind of form and just everyone maturing 
and it does take a few episodes like it it takes towards the end of the season for you to realize that these people are now in their like early mid 20s yeah. and that kind of yeah, time is sure. so so well executed i think in the show mm-hmm. going on to the point of like how those characters develop i quite like the fact that towards later on in the series you see how they act with the new blood so yep. how they act with the new soldiers and how mm. the new soldiers all come in and they're like, oh, this is so boring. Like, uh, why am I here? Like, I just want to go and shoot some Nazis. And they're all like, like I would have given anything to be in your position just to, yeah. just to be yeah. here on patrol. They look lived in, don't that's... they? They look yeah. like the characters are fully lived in. Yeah, that's... Oh, isn't it Tom Hanks's son? That episode you're kind of referring to because that's when he's like that pipe well not pipe but he's like a sergeant isn't he but he's had like no like what the younger guy experience and oh, he's just like no, i yeah. know that i know there's the, the uh... what the younger guy that kind of comes in and he's like because they do that patrol where they have to grab the German. yeah he's the college yeah he's the um, no he's the guy who graduates from college or whatever. No yeah that's, way. that's son, crazy I oh yeah colin hanks i know he... holy shit yeah lieutenant jones yeah yeah that's the one. Oh my god i didn't know that yeah. how amazing because like yeah. we haven't even mentioned yet, but like Steven Spielberg and and Tom Hanks and the Saving Private Ryan crew, I was, lit- were, I was lit- like the same producers and I literally oh, that segment yeah. as well. That's why he continued, Connor. <laughs> but yeah, just just before we kind of go on, like just carrying on with that like cast, just I will obviously mention a few of them, but like literally Damian Lewis, Homeland, Donnie Wahlberg, new kids on the block. <laughs> Like yeah, Michael Fassbender, yeah. Tom Hardy, Andrew Scott, Stephen Graham. There's just so many people in it, and they're all amazing. Um, and espe- especially considering how young they are in it as well. Do, wait, who, who else did you say? Because like, there's even like, I mean, you've got some really bizarre. Like, what's kind of weird is like, oh, James McAvoy as well. James McAvoy's in it. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. When, oh my god yeah, when jimmy yeah, fallon turns up in the van and you're like what the fuck he was jimmy actually kind of good for that like one minute as well who's, who's the guy who plays Sean of the day simon peg he's in simon peg simon pegs in it like three years me for like <laughs> that's so funny he's just like gets on car it's like this is for you lieutenant winners for the most part i'd actually say the accents and that were pretty solid because there's a lot of uk actors um, yeah a lot and when I look at Damien Lewis mainly, obviously being like the main, the lead character, he, he just nails it even down to like, you see, you see how his mouth looks when he's like doing the American accent and it's probably like I think American fucking tough guy shit. What, what I find bizarre about Damien Lewis is like, you forget that he is English because the amount yeah. of, I've seen Damien Lewis in more things that have been American than English. Yeah, 100%. No, he was just in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that actually. But, in Homeland, is he American? Yeah, he's American in Homeland. That's insane. Damn. But I can't say that I've ever seen Homeland. My dad was obsessed with it, but I saw the first episode. It's pretty cool. They've got like eight seasons of. Oh, it doesn't matter. But like, that's crazy. <laughs> for another day. How, how do you do that? For eight seasons. <laughs> no, I think it'd be good to kind of talk about Tom Hanks and kind of Steven Spielberg and like them being executive producers. And I think obviously. I mean, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but for Steven Spielberg to kind of like be a mm-hmm. part of like a TV show and Tom Hanks as well, I don't know. I think at the time when they announced it in 1999, mm-hmm. I think everyone had been like, oh my God, this is just like, this is ridiculous. This is just going to be just yeah. one of the best 
TV shows. Well, I think like that. Period. Yeah, like yeah. I'd say like the feel that I got with Band of Brothers is it's got the same kind of gist as Saving Private Ryan, but with complete detail. Yeah. Like they have ten hours to go into it, as opposed to just bashing everything out in a two-hour stint. <laughs> Whereas, like you know, yeah. the first episode is like an hour twenty. So they've got a lot of detail to do it. And it has the same vibe, style, like... So you can tell that I think it feels like that's what they kind of wanted to accomplish from it. Maybe they, after doing Saving Private Ryan, maybe they wanted to go a bit more into detail. Yeah, he did. Tom Hanks also yeah, did sure. write one of the episodes. So he wrote the f- he wrote the first episode, so he wrote Kirahi. Oh, that's a shame, because I didn't like that's it. That's sick. Worst but, episode. but yeah, no, I think he directed one as well. Yeah, I think he directed. I think, um, if I remember correctly, or if I read correctly, DreamWorks were backing it as well. Mm-hmm. So there was already a really big backing when when it was all going through. I think it's like the most um, most money that's ever been spent on a TV show at the time. Yeah, you just seems so. Because this is, again, was before, at the time, yeah. uh, same time, well, because it's around the same time as Sopranos as well. It was like TV hadn't become this massive thing that people, like people didn't want to be in TV shows because that means that you're just like, you're not good enough for the, the movies. Mm-hmm. So at this time, it bringing genuine like cinema to the TV um, wasn't really a thing. Because I think the episodes, I mean, they cost about thirteen point five million. Per episode. Hell. Well, yeah, the total budget, total budget was one hundred twenty so... million. Ooh. Yeah, and the cast yeah, wasn't even that big at the time. That was like groundbreaking. Like, it's not exactly like you got these yeah, massively sure. famous people. David Swimmer <laughs> was probably the. The biggest. The biggest at the time, which is hilarious to think. The thing is, it would have been interesting to see how much like he would have got for that show as well, because obviously at the time he was still... They were still friends were still going mm. on as well. Oh, yeah, God, course. yeah. So I think that would have been quite interesting. Quite inter- I mean, not, not interesting, but I don't know, did he like, get paid like a ridiculous amount, or was he just like... Well, yeah, because they were like, making really some bank by that time you know, friends as well. They were... They were yeah, 100%. And it probably 100%. blew most of the budget on... Um, everything else <laughs> he didn't really have much of a budget left for actors yeah so but it's pretty mad like yeah. even just but, um... to tom hanks it's interesting to see how because a lot of people whack a producer title on and they're never actually that involved like it's just like you know um financial backing for the most part but mm. tom hanks as you said wrote that but he also directed crossroads which i thought was an amazing episode oh, okay yeah which shows how kind of involved they were as opposed to just going like, yeah, I, li- I like war, so yeah, let's go with it. For sure. So now I think it's good to obviously talk, we'll talk about the budget and stuff, but now we can kind of talk about how it's shot, how the how the show kind of looks. I think following up to that, I think it looks really good. And I think even like the C- CGI in places, mm-hmm. I think it still holds yeah. up even now. I think especially when, especially when they jump off the plane sure. and stuff in the end of the... Is it the end of the uh, first no, episode? Second, the second, second episode. Would be uh, like when they the, drop um, out on D-Day. When they when they drop out, that is just like it looks so good. I mean, obviously, I know they can get get away with some stuff because it's obviously so dark. But just all the gunshots and just seeing everyone kind of yeah. jump down on parachutes and stuff. It just that was looks, really cool, like, actually. It just like, still the way that it looked like now. it was because uh, there were hundreds of planes in the sky. It looked like there was lightning, but it was just like war from mm-hmm. up, up above. Like it just looked so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, for sure because I remember watching the making of of it, uh, and uh, it was all done on like. 
um, it was like blue screen. I mean, I guess it's like the yeah, it's like a. Oh really? But they were all they all actually. The thing is, is when they did it, they all actually went through like boot camp and everything together, um, and they all got actual paramilitary training. Oh wow! So they knew what they were doing, which I think kind of links back and pays testament to the actual chemistry of the cast because mm-hmm. they all went through that boot camp stuff together. Yeah. So they all already developed that relationship through like an actual genuine army sense. Oh. Um, yeah. Was it like was it like ten yeah. days they did it for or something? I think I briefly yeah, saw that. But yeah. I didn't, That's I didn't a great idea. They did a, yeah, they did a ten like day boot camp together. It does. It looks phenomenal. It looks like a movie. The actual set itself was one twelve acre area that was designed to look like eleven different places in Europe. Fucking hell! Which I thought was crazy. I was under the impression that they actually went to loads of different places, but it was all kind of done in the same area. I that's think, amazing. Except, I think Switzerland. Yeah, pa- maybe I think that's the exception. I mm. think they actually went to Switzerland for that one. But apparently, it's obviously, like I said, it was uh, largely filmed in one place. But what I got in my notes, well, apparently, it says it's thanks to a large uh, tax break from the UK government, and the production was headquartered mm. at Hatfield Aerodrome. So I don't know what that. What was I saying? So they did. They had the base where they designed all the actual tanks and everything, and yeah. the planes. Yeah, it was a uh, old, old British oh, aerospace factory. It was converted into a backlot. Well, hangers from the factory. This was something I was going to say more for kind of like the sound design kind of thing. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if... it kind of links. Um, going with the whole of all the the fact that all the actual um, tanks and everything were all like designed and created and also all the weaponry was w- real like it was all genuine world war ii weaponry which i thought was crazy like i yeah. it was like oh god so they're actually handling like proper weapons and that's why they sound really genuine when they're using them because they are genuinely shooting these weapons and i, I thought that was crazy so, so the, the actual detail sure. they went down to was nuts I think as well, I'm going to keep just trying to heavily advise it to people, but obviously now TV, they have like that boost option where it mm-hmm. like upscale stuff, obviously, because things are like we were saying, even though it looks really good now, but just seeing that extra detail mm. in like in seven, 720 or whatever, it honestly, man, it makes everything just like, it just makes a huge difference. Even like I said, even the CGI stuff, it still holds up, holds up well. Yeah. So like the, with the way that it's shot, because it's not like this flashy thing, like it seems to like adapt to, the scenarios in that that is in like when it's like a messy war scene it's chaotic like and it's edited the way it's shot that way and like especially this shot really like tight so if, if yeah. he's like if someone's on like a like a trench kind of area and they can't see the enemy camera will be well close to their face and it won't it won't show you where the enemy is it's kind of like if if they can't see it neither can you like do you want to peer over or are you going to get shot in the head it's that kind of tightness and like it's just it's not this flashy show like so sure. have either of you seen 1917 the film no, no. the cinematography is literally the focus of the film and i think that makes it like it hinders like the narrative so like the way that band of brothers works yeah. is that it's almost like this documentary that's like filmed in the future like it's proper like up close this is what they're doing and you it's almost like the cinematography you don't know it's there. Like, it's like, the camera's not there. Like, we just want... And no one's thinking, like, oh, that looks really nice. 
yeah. like they're going like this is fucking crazy yeah. uh, because that's what we're following following them and like I think that's just the best way that it's possible like when they want to do cool shots and they want to be flashy with it so if it's that shot of Damien Lewis you know where he sees that Nazi that lone Nazi and it keeps flashing back to that shot yeah so like that kind of yeah. shot or like all the D-Day ones all that stuff's like crazy it's so sick like how they do it but the fact that they just throw in those kind of shots that look really cool occasionally makes it kind of like it kind of nods to everyone so they can be like yeah we know we're sick but like for the most part it is just following the characters and i think it's great i think the color's a weird one because it's proper like you know how in saving private ryan it's like quite like desaturated mm. It's kind of like that, which, uh, but only in the war parts, because when, like, when they're on off time, it's quite colourful. Yeah. That's only... I think especially on the last couple of episodes as well, mm. isn't it? There's just loads. Obviously, they're in, like, main, like, main Germany, yeah. and there's so much colour. You're almost a bit like, oh, in my it, yeah, God, when they're like, at, like, I can actually uh, see colour. Yeah, literally <laughs> the last episode when they get to the house. Um, yeah, like, yeah. that is just so bright, and that kind of thing is crazy. And all I realised is that it kind of just gave more emphasis on when you see explosions... They look fucking crazy. Yeah, and like blood and yeah, stuff like that. Like sure. because of that, it just I, it looks so good. I presume it was all practical. I think that's definitely the the budget. I'm assuming that's obviously the budget helping that to be more authentic. Yeah, as well. I just so think, I think the color the... makes it kind of a bit more like timeless with it as well. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you sure. don't know, for like sure. in a hundred years, you they wouldn't be able to be like, oh, that was filmed at the turn of the millennium. Yeah. Now. We can talk about the the music and the sound design. So the oh. uh, the opening theme song is called uh, it's called Main Main Theme by Michael. Uh, well, what else would you Cameron. name? I guess. I'm, yeah, God, I'm butchering these names. So if anyone does listen to no, song, that's the fun God, part. I just, <laughs> I just like hearing you say things. But, um, yeah, this is this is why I don't don't host because I can't pronounce. You've got more to host in the future. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, that's gonna be a. Ah, it'll be it'll be good. <laughs> but um, but no, what like, uh, but what Jacob's obviously talking talking about like the weapon sounds. I think the best like sounds for me is with the M1. Is it <laughs> Garand? Grand? Grand I, I think it's the M1. Grand. It's, it's the one. If if Grand Call, if Call of Duty is um... serving me right, I think it's the M1 Grand. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it's the sound when when the clip goes mm. and it's just it's the ping yeah. and the gun. Honestly, every honestly every time that sound literally gets me, I'm just like, oh my god, that sounds so good. Mm. <laughs> and I think as well, obviously, like what uh, Connor was saying, just like when it does get really chaotic. I can imagine if you have like a surround sound, you know, obviously like Dolby Atmos, obviously like 360 degrees. I don't know if, you know, Band of Brothers will eventually have like a 4K release with, you know, Dolby Atmos or or, or however that technology uh, works. I don't know. That'd be know. so sick. But obviously Dolby Atmos is like 360 degrees sound. So imagine just like hearing like a massive like just explosion to the right of you and to the left as well. There's like gunfire. But I can just, just imagine that. But yeah, sorry, saying just like normal, even just normal surround sound. Imagine listening like listening to all that, all the just the characters I've got and all the sounds you're hearing and just oh man. Yeah. I bet that sound like that's an experience. That in like the cinema or something like, that would be yeah. absolutely crazy. Oh god, yeah. I don't know, I don't even know if they even did like a uh, that, like marathon. I don't know, like ten hours straight. Oh god. It's definitely that'd be so sick. It's definitely very intense. 
one thing that I I personally mentioned with going back to the sound is like I remember watching the episode when they do actually land for D Day, and I was just for all that time I thought it was so tense and like mm. the actual sound and everything was really like it was it was quite intense like everything going on the fact that they'd be talking and like you couldn't hear them properly but i guess it is the point you're in the middle of the war you're about to jump out of a bloody plane like mm. it was it was wild to say the least um, yeah i feel like it's kind of the same with music in the show i th- i feel like they they really use the sound design perfectly so they don't need any music so when there is music it it'll really be like is. sad sad as fuck or dark or like because there is a bit i can't remember where it was i think it's probably second episode but some guy dies and the music goes sad but then at the same time as like winter's realizing that it's kind of like a young guy who dies the music starts using like kind of darker chords even for a few seconds mm-hmm. and it yeah. does actually kind of accompanies this like horror of it all and i think it's just they use it so well well you can talk about the uh if anyone had any issues or problems with the with with the show if, um, the only only thing the know. only thing that i want uh i'd like to talk about a bit more with the sound design is i think the actual because we did touch upon the theme but oh yeah That's i fun. i do think like every time you hear the theme it was I think it makes the, quite an effort to be iconic. It's not like a lot of TV shows, will, the, the theme will be up in like 30 seconds a minute max. Mm. Like yeah. this theme goes on for a good two minutes, good two minutes of like yeah. this music. <clears throat> it is like it, every time an episode starts, it feels like you're watching a war film. Gonna say as well, I think it definitely. Um... Obviously, this is touching more about obviously the opening thing, thingy, but it's when when it's not the credits roll, but it's when you actually see, you know, the uh, Easy Company almost like bonding together with like yeah. the really distressed photos and stuff, and just with the music, it's almost I don't know, it's really em- emotional, I guess, because obviously when you kind of I don't know, because obviously there's some there's some photos as well. It kind of relates to the first episode where it all look really like you know almost kind of really happy and mm-hmm. stuff, and obviously with just the music, and then when everything just like really builds up and it's a massive crescendo, you're just like, oh my god, this theme is quite, I don't know, I feel like it'd be quite like overwhelming if people are really like emotionally invested in the, you know, in yeah. the, 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 the people who actually were part of Easy Company or mm. who have any relation to war, I, I, I guess. Yeah, for I mean, sure. See, like, I, uh, I just, I never really watched it at all really I, I thought it was like exactly what it should have been yeah like sure. it seemed like sure. it just sounded patriotic and it sounded kind of like oh here's history and it suits all the scrapbook um, stuff and yeah yeah it, it it did its job i guess yeah for sure but i don't know like versus and again this would this isn't really the tv show that you're gonna have some catchy song that you're gonna be singing for days but it isn't i just i never really i blanked out for two minutes i never really mm. like paid attention you know when like game of thrones theme tunes on uh for example and that's quite long as well or if it feels long but for some yeah, reason i'm sure. always watching i'm always watching like the intro even though it never changes yeah. i think it's like what you were saying as well it's like the colors are just i don't know i, I think like the intro it doesn't look very aesthetically pleasing i guess like i said everything just looks really just you know, just just distressed and just mm. there's very minimal color. I think there's only a few like reds when they have who who did what role. I yeah. think anyway, I could be wrong. Yeah, 
But no, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I definitely think, especially if you binge watch it as well, I would find like Jimmy, like three episodes in, you just, you know what, I've, I've heard this. I know what he's doing. I'm just going to skip it to like two minutes in and then yeah. I actually watch the show, you know? Because to be honest, I did it with like Sopranos as well. Obviously, the first like season, like, oh, this is sick. Then obviously, I don't know, I think it's just, just music in general, I guess, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you're watching a long, a long show, mm. you just be like, oh, whatever, I'm bored. I'm just, you know, just skip it. Yeah. But, I yeah. think it's, it depends on the, uh, yeah, it depends on some. But yeah, for this, it was like, yeah, there isn't, you know, cool. with that Sopranos one, you got like, there's like a hook to it and it's catchy. Oh, yeah. Obviously, again, why the fuck would there be a hook in a World War Two drama? You know, so. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. so I understand. But yeah, okay, and yeah, let's uh, talk about the problems or issues with Next, the show. Negative Nancys. Oh. Yeah, so I think we might potentially touch on some spoilers. So if anyone I'd say does, spoilers from now on, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so if you haven't watched the show, um, I would definitely recommend stop listening now. Watch the show. If it sounds up your alley, then come back and listen to the spoilers because uh, shit's about to get real. Who thinks they have the most <laughs> problems or issues? Then, if, uh, if they do, do they want to start? God, start um, if they have more notes, I guess, because I've only got one and then just one quote, which I think me and you have the same. Shape yeah, from. I think I've only got two issues with the show. It's about it, and one of them's. That's right, you go. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I guess the only thing I would quote. This is very much reaching. I've, I've got my ladder out for this one. <laughs> and I take it with a pinch of salt because it was written in the Daily Mail. So <laughs> it was said that it was narrow-minded and ignored brave Britons in the war. <laughs> and I am interested because we're a bunch of English guys mm -hmm. and we're very much aware, I think, from an early age in english history and also at school and everything you are driven world war Two into your actual skull about how great the english were yeah i was gonna say very on yeah. a very one-sided uh, mm. <laughs> learning curve yes so english history. english history does dictate that we talk about the facts of how great being, uh, we were in World War Two, and how we helped save the world from the horrific Nazis, and they really don't touch on it. I don't think they really touch on like what the English did in the war, but then like, well, that was one watching of mine. It for that, yeah, yeah, no, like one hundred percent. I think one thing that I had, which kind of coincides with yours, is that the only time that we're in it. I, I think the first time they were British soldiers, they were they were genuinely dumb. Yeah. Like like they were proper like, oh, you alright, mate? <laughs> like it's just like Yeah. Like, Which I, is why I've said it's I, it wasn't that that one guy goes like oh my Luger. <laughs> yeah. So if that's the first time that like English soldiers are in it, or British soldiers are in it, that's again already straight away just funny. The the next time that I remember them being in it, it was two of them. Silly accent, and it, I think it was like emphasized more than anything. I, they're probably English actors, but it was so like it felt over the top, even how they were saying it. Like maybe, yeah. but like yeah, like they they came across like stupid. Like can you remember that bit with the old guy on the bike? It must be the first season when the uh, first episode. Sorry, when they're uh, yeah. doing like drills, and it's like this oh jolly old English guy on the bike. Oh, he's trying to go this way. Oh, can't go that way. Go this way. Oh, can't oh go that way. you got go me. You got oh. me. Oh. Not the enemy. <laughs> it's just like 
it makes America look great as always, and we're just like these dumbass allies that kind of help sometimes. Well, I think, I think, not. I don't ever want to agree with the Daily Mail, but, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, it, here we are. It does perpetuate. <laughs> the problem is, it does yeah. perpetuate the narrative that America were like, oh, we came and saved your ass. Yeah, America's Superman. Yeah. It's like, oh, god um, damn it. Like, we were fighting this war for bloody ages. Yes, <laughs> thanks, yeah. thanks for the help, bro, in the last three years. I think it should be definitely <laughs> emphasised well, this, like, the, this issue ever was really short-lived as well. Apparently, it was obviously quite nipped in the bud, but yeah. I don't know. I it's think to be too devil... picky about, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, really. I... I think playing devil's advocate, I would say that I don't think it's. I don't know. Obviously, I, I get it. Obviously, you know, Brit, Britain, we had such a massive impact in the World War Two or whatever. But I think obviously the show is really just about yeah. like easy, easy company yeah. and kind of what you know. That's so why it I, obviously matter. I'm just playing sure. devil's advocate. I yeah. think that's completely the reason so why I it don't... doesn't matter. To be honest, I just thought that the the being dumb part was the only part that I was like, why. Why don't they just yeah, seem like? Sure. Why aren't they being but, taken completely seriously? It's yeah, kind of weird. But... Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think. I think it's such. I think it's just such reach for the Daily Mail to kind of even really say say that because they because they know what the show That's is. That's From the get go, we've literally we've literally emphasised like this is about easy company. Like obviously, you know, Britons yeah. are going to be involved in <clears> somewhat. Which obviously, I think I do agree with you, Connor. They do, we do get we kind of do get identified. I guess in the show as a bit being a bit silly or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck the Daily Mail. We're proper. We're proper like. We're like the Ringo Starr of World War Two in the Band of Brothers. They're probably like, oh yeah, just give him a song, give him the shit yeah. one, give let, him the song, do the yeah, okay. It's proper. Right, it's, pro- it's proper. Here's your picture. It's going on the fridge, kind of participation thing. Like, awards. You did nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we sure. all know the whole thing is. I don't think they went out of their way. I don't think Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg were conspiring to make the English look. No, definitely not. Show. No. To be honest, it could genuinely be the experience that easy company had yeah because i think a lot of a lot of people uh, i think the general sentiment in america is that they didn't feel like they needed to be there Mm -hmm. Um, so Um, yeah it does come across with a lot of uh we're coming to save england's ass yeah but also, we need to remember as well, obviously, this is a massive adaptation. They are going to make stuff that is more mm-hmm. dramatic effect. Yeah. And also, this is based it's based on Ambrose, like, research. So he could even have, you know, found research, which Easy Company kind of, that could have been maybe their perception of... Yeah, British of us, I guess, if you, if you want to go crazily into, into it's interesting to think about, about it. Such a small part, but, but we need... Because obviously, this is based on a book of the guy's research about Easy Company. Mm. So I think that's an, obviously, you know, if people have issues with the show, obviously, you know, fair enough, obviously people in top to their opinions. <sighs> but I think some, I think how I'm kind of, you know, just, just kind of still thinking like, oh, this is just a kind of a dramatic mm-hmm. story, uh, storytelling of, of, of Easy Company, which is based yeah. on a, on a book. But I'd not say, suitable um... for gammons. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say uh, I'd say I've got a pretty good problem which has already been said but it's probably the main one for most people is like you know you're fo- it's the only show that I've ever seen that there's so many people to follow mm. and a lot of them are just brunette white guys and it's quite hard to truly remember all their names and match yeah. them to the faces especially because oh, like, yeah, sure. a lot of people yeah. I just know like 
the actor as well. So it took me a few episodes for Damien Lewis, but it took me probably to the ninth episode to fully know people's names. And even now I couldn't properly tell you. Um, That's probably my main one is like, you know, the 10th episode where they kind of go through, this is what happened to this guy. This is what happened to this guy. This is what happened to this guy. That was, I was like, Oh, that's his name. <laughs> like, yeah, isn't it? As, yeah. as it's ending, and I was like, I've watched ten episodes of this. Yeah, you just said, like, oh, so that's what happened to it. Ah, that's him. But I think it's um, Michael Fassbender. Kind of in seven episodes, and I saw him in three. Yeah, I just, that's <laughs> baffling to me. I was trying to look for him in every episode, couldn't find him. Last yeah. episodes. Michael Fassbender's character is interesting because it's almost like a lore is built around him. Then you actually see him. Um. But that's that's another conversation because I actually quite yeah. like that thing with Michael Fassbender's character. But, but I think as well with the show, like obviously kind of saying that you can't remember people's names and stuff. I think that's kind of like a very because obviously there's so many different there's so many different people and people are dying and stuff. You kind of can't you kind of forget their names as soon as they're dead. You're like mm-hmm. oh okay, whatever, and you try and remember the next. Yeah, I mean because they're so desensitized to to death and that in the show that like they see someone dead and they're like oh no thingy's down and then carry on shooting yeah they're, carry on yeah it's they almost like they have it's a, kind of a, the same thing really not the same thing obviously but like it's kind of you don't need to remember their names really like you only start learning their names when things get a bit more personal yeah so, so yeah, nixon 100%. he starts getting this whole divorce but when he and uh, yeah. the alcohol and stuff but like when when he was just talking to Winters and he was just like another guy, um, you weren't really listening and going, oh, yeah, Nixon. It was until <laughs> yeah, they went cool. personal with it that you kind of get to grips with it. And I think that's probably the same with most characters. Same with Buck. Yeah. Same thing as soon as he had his very sad uh, storyline. Yeah. Then you start getting to know all the characters' names. And I think it's nice to do it that way because they're almost just another face, which I think is how high ups look at soldiers like just as like a platoon yeah. it's just like you are nothing to me you are just like that whole really cool. stereotypical thing in films and stuff so it's nice that they could do that but i almost think i'm making up an excuse for it because there are just that many people that it's quite hard to yeah to no really i mean run. i think it's definitely valid you know what i mean i don't yeah. think it's definitely like a massive like reach like oh my god this is like really bad it's like no i mean i think that's definitely a uh an, an issue for for sure yeah. a problem that people could maybe find it's hard but, it's hard for a lot of people to to get invested in a show that they don't feel like they can get emotional invested with certain characters or all characters and i think it takes yeah. quite a while to get to that point but i think that's obviously quite well with obviously the, you know like same point ryan i guess because there's only two hours and the yeah. main cast is the main cast so you do remember their names for sure like it's a smaller group okay. so you can remember everyone they yeah. kill off a few people at the 100%. beginning like yeah no agreed 100 all right let's uh talk about the positives of the show then Where um i thought I thought having it 10 episodes was pretty much bang on, really. I didn't really feel like anything was really just dragged out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think probably one of my one of the most favourite things that I found with the show is the suspense of the real soldiers and find out who they are at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. So obviously at the start, no, I think I did mention the synopsis, but obviously I'll, I'll say it again. At the start of the episode, members of Easy Company kind of talk about what happened in that scenario and then the episode happens mm-hmm. but obviously you don't you don't know who the soldiers are into the last episode is it we'll specified that they're, is it specified that they're easy company from the get-go 
I don't think. Yeah, I think. I think. So. I, I mean, I think you know that they are from Easy Company, but you don't know who they are. It's interesting to hear episode. what they're talking about, though, because like a lot of it's very specific, but kind of like in a very broad war sense. So it could have just been some yeah. old guys. And it wasn't until later where they said something insanely specific, like midway through the season, that I was like, oh shit, is this going to be like the actual guys? And I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Which was really cool. Really like, because it, it wasn't until I think it's Crossroads where Damian Lewis has to leg it through the field by himself. And then yeah. there's loads of smoke, and then everyone has to join them when they see the, the queue. But just before, I think they said something like, he was a, such a crazy leader, like, he should have died. And I was like, and then it happened. I was like, huh? Oh, that, they're talking about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I finally got it. Like, oh shit, yeah, these are actually going to be the guys. So which one's which? Which one's which? like trying to figure it out at the beginning? Almost became like a game. <laughs> One thing that I, it seems like a very odd thing that I quite like about the show, but mm-hmm. the way that they deal with death in the show, because I think you get so used to TV shows making death, like a death of a character, such a big deal. Where in Band of Brothers, it's not a character dies, and that's that. And they don't die. A lot of them don't die in like epic ways. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't remember his name. It's the guy who gets the Luger. He gets the Luger. Yeah. And he literally shoots dies. His bloody dick off, doesn't he? Yeah, he just shoots himself. Oh my god. He shoots yeah. himself, and that's how he dies. And like, mm. but this again, it. I think it's the emphasis on like a lot of these people are young as well. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of thing. And it just it just happens so quickly for a lot of mm. people. Sorry to interrupt. But like one of the ones, I think it was episode eight, it started showing how bleak and pointless and such a waste some of these deaths are. A yep. waste of like a kid is like some guy was like just chilling on like the, uh, like just where our like base or something. And he was like moving like a bag of potatoes and he was going to bring it somewhere. And then they dropped one of like the mortar bombs on him. Yeah. And he just died. And it's like he was literally just holding potatoes. Yeah. And it's just like it shows how bleak it starts getting. Well, yeah, this is it. There's lots of cases of that and it's handled quite well. It's it's like you said, like it, it shows how pointless they are. And I'm quite impressed it does it in like a it doesn't come across because the problem with these kind of things, if you're portraying death like this, it can come off quite comedic by accident. That yeah. this could have been a whole thing and it could have you could have been watching the show and you're like, This is stupid. People are dying because of like the dumbest shit. Mm. Whereas like you genuinely feel quite, oh, God. Like, for me, whenever I see a character die in just, like, a ridiculous way, you, you, you're gutted because you're, like, they didn't get, like... It shows that these people aren't... I don't know, like, they they are heroes, but at the same time, they're not. But these are just a bunch oh. of normal people. Um, yeah. So that, that's... Sorry, like, that was my biggest takeaway from the show was... I hadn't ever seen a show that, or a film that had even entertained the idea of, is this person a hero for doing nothing? Yeah. And it wasn't until, I think Nixon says it to, when he's hammered, talking to Winters, he says, what am I going to write to the families? And Winters says, I'll just say what you normally do, that they were heroes. And he was like, do you still believe that? And at that point, I'd never even seen anyone even entertain the idea of like 18-year-olds going to war and dying at the beginning of it. So does that make them a hero kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, the prime example, I think in relation to that one, 
I think it's because I was about to mention it. I can't remember which character it is, but there's the character who they throw a grenade into where the Germans are hiding. And this is like the eighth episode, I think. Mm-hmm. They've made a base somewhere and they've got to go and take the other one. They go over and they go storm it, but one guy just goes way too early, misses the mark, goes in, gets blown up by his own grenade. And I think that's the conversation they're having because they're like, the guy ran in and did something which is like, it's tragic, but at the end of the day, it is stupid. Are like, you talking about when they go into the German house? Yeah, they go into the German yeah, house. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah. It's like the, the 15 people have to go and collect like prisoners, German, German yeah. prisoners. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was so insane. Yeah, because you watch it. He just lobs it in and opens the door straight away and then gets blasted. Yeah, just like, well, like, no, don't but I think what. Yeah, I think what's interesting as well is obviously, like, before they go in, like, the guy basically, obviously, when it says, like, yeah, you need to pick six men, and you can see the guy is just like, I don't want to choose. So he literally just almost picks, not picks from happy, literally goes, you, 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 you. And it's just, and like, you can see on the people's face, they're just like, oh, God, like, we might really die. But there's some characters, they just obviously, they go, you, they're just like, whatever, I don't care now. It's almost like they've kind of accepted it. No, I think it's weird. They've come to terms. Accepted, yeah, because I think obviously at the start, like like I keep saying, like they're so just like, ah, you know what, going to war's going to be really sick. But I think it gets to a point, see the whole like Baston episode, obviously in the snow and stuff. I think a lot from there, I think what, I think maybe could be perceptive. That's when they accepted, like, you know what, we could literally die at any minute. I've, well, I've just accepted it. That was another one of the. There's a few lines throughout the show that kind of got me thinking. And in like the third episode, which was one of my favorites, which was um, you remember when that guy Blythe gets like temporarily yeah. blind? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's like scared to shoot, almost in this like PTSD-ridden state. And this guy comes over. I can't remember who it was, and said. Um, like about him being scared of dying and he just said you've got to assume that you're already dead and i was like uh yeah when he says that Jesus. Like, it proper sense such a dark uh, mentality in it like but, I guess but it makes sense to... makes complete sense otherwise you're not going to get it done i guess mm-hmm. for sure now we're going to talk about massive key points now in the show but i want to try and do it in like chronological order like episodes that i kind of found they basically i guess just most important mm-hmm. important episodes that i found and just talk about in a little bit more detail mm-hmm. we can talk about the first episode as well mm-hmm. with like obviously i think that's such a key episode because obviously i know didn't you say connie not really you weren't that much of a, a fan of it yeah i don't i've seen i've now seen it i think twice i just don't think it but... showed it like because you see the rest of the show afterwards it's not even the same kind of show because like the first show, yeah. obviously training and everyone's happy and everyone's like I don't know so immune or ignorant to what's about to go down. But as soon as the second episode hits and it's D Day, from then on it's always the same yeah. kind of vibe. And I prefer that but, than I do Weekend Parts Revoked. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I found that episode so just interesting because it is so drastic. I think it's such a oh his training training seems really difficult, but it's just not going to prepare him for what. Mm actually happens well they prepare them physically and i think the interesting thing is that they're never prepared even remotely mentally never prepared Um, and they go into ptsd quite a lot in the show and i think in in really good ways as well especially with buck's case i think that was probably the best Mm -hmm. when he's literally just like seeing he keeps coming back and seeing his friends die and it's just like i can't do this and he just but like and it was nice to see them go like and we and we got we got it he left and we accepted it and it wasn't like yeah. a, you're a fucking coward 
For sure. But I think what's really interesting as well is with Winters in that episode where he challenges Sobel's court-martial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he? Obviously, he keeps going like, oh, you can either... Because he, he literally says to Winters, and he goes, oh, just take it like a man. And then Winters is like, now I'm going to take his court-martial. So I thought that was kind of interesting because even Winters, even he wasn't really taking any of Sobel's shit at the time. And I think that was a turning point where, like we were saying earlier, where they want Winters to be... Easy company's leader, not not Sobel, who doesn't seem very confident going into battle. But mm. yeah, we already talked about the second episode with the German uh, battery, obviously how it was a textbook case. I think the third episode is really interesting as well. I think that's a lot more personal with 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 obviously Blythe. Because obviously I think it struggles him mm. with like again, it's like it tackles him, that kind of stuff him quickly. With- with a shell shot yeah I think as well what I quite like about it is that the episode where Blythe dies in the end yeah he die he He does he doesn't actually die but funny you said that Connor I was literally about to follow it up yeah apparently a never corrected producer's error states that he died from his wounds in 1948 but he continued to serve the US Army until his death as a Master Sergeant in December 1967. Oh, okay. So that's quite, uh, that's, that's quite interesting. But I think, nevertheless, I think that episode just done really well because it's like what you said, Con. I think it, when he accepts that he's already dead, that's when he literally almost goes like, not, not Rambo, yeah. but obviously when he literally get, comes out of the trench and he starts firing, mm-hmm. well, then obviously he gets shot, but you kind of see him and he's just like... Again, like, I think uh, like the episodes seem to, episode by episode, tackle something new. And I think when sure. Malaki Malaki goes to get the the washing, oh um, yeah, and she's just like, oh, well, whilst you're there, do you know so and so? And he's like, oh, he's dead. Oh, and so and so, so and so and so and so, and it's just like, oh. it's just the way they do it, isn't it? Where she's like, oh, um, she has no know, idea. These people haven't collected their washing, and it's like. <sighs> Yeah. They're all fucking yeah. Dead. yeah, I think it's just such an honest representation of war and if when people die, that's yeah. kind of it, which is really bleak. They don't it? hang it's on like it, do they? Same, you know, no. it yeah, they don't hang on it. They literally the yeah, they see their closest friends die and literally in a split second they're like, oh, I can't focus on I need to just do what needs to be done. Yeah. But then when they um, like it, I think it grounds it, them just just when, so when he got that washing, it was just like it gives you that time, like especially when I was saying earlier, like during downtime it seems so happy like it's really colorful and happy For and sure. stuff and during that he's almost like stopped in his tracks just like yeah. no just a reminder I this think... is real life and they're all dead no 100 percent. i think another episode as well which is really um interesting quite sad as well is the baston episode where it, the, the characters mostly focus on the dock oh yeah yeah, yeah. what the foxhole one when they're all yeah the foxhole yeah. so i think oh, that's, that's... Because I don't know, I just it just comes across that like yeah, it's nice being in the, in a squad and that, but because he's a doc, I don't know, it just seems like really lonely. Because there's a lot of shots where he's just in the foxhole, just on his own, yeah. and as soon as someone shouts "doc," he's most also of the time it he literally would literally just like too. yeah. But but there was a few times well, obviously when they were saying "doc" and he just couldn't respond because he just wasn't like was just not functioning. I just yeah. thought that was just so it was so brilliantly told and acted just i don't know it just seems being a doc in world war Two, especially at that time time as well it just seems just so lonely for for being a doc because he can't stay with everyone he has to just keep walking around making sure everyone's okay and tell people what to do to yeah unlimited to, I don't know, well. for their shots or whatever Un- yeah for sure like the limited and, supply thing was quite interesting like i remember them saying that they were going into quite a big battle i can't remember which one 
but they had lim- limited ammo yeah. and limited supplies. Like when he was talking about morphine, that it's just like if anything can help these guys with no legs. Yeah. Um, but they they don't have that backing. Yeah, I think the um, when he goes back into town, the chemistry with the Belgian nurse as well. Yeah, yeah that was, I that was kind of share. like nice. That that. Yeah, no, but but then again, it kind of shows that like, oh, you know what. There's a little bit of happiness in, in you know, the potential war. for happiness. Like, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's the little things that kind of almost kept him kept him going, even though he had such a hot, terrible time. Of, I mean, which mm. obviously would, but it's almost like, oh, you know what? I can go back to town, chill for a little bit, and talk, and actually just talk to someone, get some chocolate. But obviously, mm. yeah. But obviously, at the end of the episode, she uh, gets killed during a German bombing raid. So that's kind of a bit like, oh. That's actually really, really shit. Yeah. Obviously, really bleak. I do find it but... quite interesting that um, throughout the season, um, main characters just didn't really die that much. And what they did was like, and it, I don't know if there was like a reason for this, but when there were like replacements coming in, or like those cameos where it's like um, the guy who plays Moriarty in uh, Sherlock, and he's also the yeah. hot priest in Fleabag. But when he dies in um. Episode two, I think, and he's like nineteen in it. Um, things like that, James McAvoy. They just kind of like kill off these. They focus on one guy, kill him off. Focus on mm-hmm. one guy, kill him off. Like a secondary kind of lead yeah. for the episode, and they just kill them off. But it's interesting to know that like the main characters don't really die that much until the mad end. Yeah, um, I think as well. So I think that. Uh, that episode and then a couple after obviously because that's more about like baston and stuff i think that's that's probably one of my favorite parts during the during the series which just shows how bleak it actually gets and obviously to the point where we briefly talked about buck's mental health just just yeah. deteriorates mm. com- completely and i think obviously we can just talk a lot about that just how kind of bleak it is because obviously especially the soldiers at the time they they were just like you know what you're you're the guy to help lead us but obviously at the end it's um uh well, it's lipton obviously kind of briefly takes over after but i just think obviously i think that must be such a massive yeah point mentally for everyone if he's broken obviously because i think even when it's kind of says like narrates like oh he's like a six foot two 200 odd pound guy he's basically like he's not made for war but he's you know he's a tough son of a bitch but even it took for people to die around buck he's just like i he just 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 deteriorates mm-hmm. i guess and i think that's just so yeah just bleak again but really i think with that because that episode does lead into lipton's promotion as a sergeant yeah. and I, yeah because it's his narration isn't it the whole yeah. that episode and yeah no i really i actually thought donnie Wahlberg was really good yeah he's like, he, he really he was really good in that uh, and this goes back to what i was saying earlier in regards to the legacy and the um conversation of michael fassbender's character pat christensen they build this law around him because there's the whole thing quite early on i think it is the second episode or the third episode where they're just hanging out with the germans and he gives them all cigarettes um and then there's this whole rumor and legend created around him that it was like that's not about him i thought that was about him no it's about spears is that about spears yeah so no, because uh, yeah, the, the, first, the first episode, not, not um, the first episode, Mark, Michael Fassbender um, is fully in for me. Was um, 
he was getting to, or someone was asking about the cigarette thing and he was explaining it, him and some guy was explaining it. And then Spears comes over. And that's what I was going to say is one of the best parts for me was the, the payoff at the end, where he's like, maybe people just wanted to hear you say that you didn't kill 20 of your own guys over cigarettes or like after giving them cigarettes. And he was just like, yeah, but then they think that I'm hard as fuck and terrifying. Yeah. And, but they waited like, you know, you just said second episode that was first mentioned and they waited to the last episode to kind of yeah fully address but it. But I think, I think that's like quite interesting as well. Cause obviously I think, Everyone's like, oh my god, he's such like a hard, hard ass. Obviously, to massively boost boost morale, I guess. But then obviously, at the end of it, he's just like, nah, weren't true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love those. Which kind of I things. think of... I like it's like the whole like Luger thing, and there's yeah. there's nice but little it... things that just kind of keep you going that that tie everything together as opposed to it just yeah, being... no, I was just about to say that it's, it's the little things I think that kept Easy Company going and mm. how how well they were as, as a squad. What I really like about the bond of Easy Company as well is Lieutenant Winters, his rising through the ranks, but mm. he constantly has this battle with himself that he wants to just go back into the front lines and be with yeah. them. Well, that's it. It's, cause isn't there even like a bit where he's going to go out there and even the officer, the command officer is like, no, you can't yeah, go can't, out there. Yeah. You just see Winters just like, like yeah why because they they've got the sergeant at the time which just can't he can't lead them and it's like Mm. the thing is is winters grew with these guys and like this is his it is his battalion it's his it's his boys like yeah um, and he's seeing them he's just watching this guy through painfully incompetent leadership just getting them all slaughtered um and he just he he just almost runs out there, and it's just like no, you're like you're, but you you can't yeah. you don't go out there. You're that is not your rank. And yeah. But then again, though, even though he like wants to do it, but what I find really interesting is obviously he talks to Lipton quite a lot at the end of it, and he's basically saying like you're now the natural leader of like Easy Company. You're the one who leads his squad out to war, which I think is kind of you know I think it's kind of interesting in the end where it's almost like he finally kind of accepts his role. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, he accepts his role, but. I think he always struggles with the credit he receives, which is quite interesting. Like towards the end, because he, I think, doesn't he end up as a major all the way in the end? And the guy started yeah. as like a civilian soldier, yeah. which is insane when you think about it. Like he went through the war and went up so many ranks. He ended up, he ends up higher than Sobel in the end. Yeah. I love there's so much with his stuff that I think they just smashed up like so well. Like but the way that uh you know when he goes to Paris like just to yeah. chill and like he's on the train and it's all flashing and he just sees all the people like the kid that he died and that call back to that shot that kept happening. Um yeah, when he yeah. just shot that shot that young guy like by himself. But, and like those callbacks are always so good. And also that whole part I think it is it also shows him kind of struggling, relaxing. Yeah. Like because he, he just he's he just loves it. He loves the the war and being with the mm, boys. Sure. And now I, I I think we need to talk about I would probably say is one of the most disturbing scenes in the series. Could be argued probably maybe TV like just history kind of maybe flat out. I don't know. People can make their own uh, judgment. Oh, but yeah. I think it's the penultimate episode. It is indeed. Because I think the war is about to end and they just obviously try and invade Germany. One guy literally rushes to Winters, literally goes, look, you need to come right now. We don't know this. We've never seen this stuff before. So obviously they go. Turns out it's a concentration camp. 
And I had no idea what the, he was talking about when he was like, "Oh, you need to see this." I was like, "What's it going to be? Like a a cool Jeep or something?" Yeah, and, but it's it, it's such a hard hitting scene as well, obviously because of how terrible, obviously the Holocaust was. But it's such a it's such an honest such an honest like version i guess of trying to tell what happened at the end because obviously even the uh the germans were even saying they had no bullets for us so they just literally locked locked us in and just like did a runner yeah and just even seeing now it's just so just like emotional i feel for some reason of all the holocaust based things that we've seen which there there are uh for some reason that one hit the hardest yeah i think i think because you're seeing the americans like they didn't even know they existed so seeing them witness it straight away seemed like way harder hitting because then you just see but, these like lifeless beings yeah and i think one of the most like hardest scenes as well is when the medic comes out and he's literally rushing he's saying look you can't give these people food because if you give them something to eat, they're mm. not going to be a handle oh, they, they have to lock them up don't they they have, and they have to look them back up and just you can even see a couple of soldiers, I can't remember who their names are. The they're they're yeah. Jewish as well. Mm-hmm. And even they're just like, no, we have to give them food. But even Winter is saying, orders are orders, we, we can't. And I think that's quite, that was quite a hard scene to watch. But I think that scene in, entire, I think that is such a good, it's, it's really good delivery. And I think it hits so hard as well. You're just like, oh my God. Because they, they could, I mean, obviously I know what we said it's a, based on the books of the Easy Company, but they could have easily like, honed in the whole you know holocaust 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 or mm. stuff etc they it's almost kind of acted like it, of... it not didn't happen but you almost forget that that absolute atrocity yeah. happened and then it just kind of hits you like how did you not remember this was a part and then it hits that yeah, one 100%. episode as opposed to just being chaos all the time it gives you this downtime but that downtime's an emotional brick to the head yeah no, 100%. 100%. It was such a, I think for me, I remember it happening and God, my heart like dropped when, when it actually came for on sure. screen. Mm. It was really. When they're like at the fence and yeah. like just looking and it's just like, fuck. Yeah, I got I I got quite emotional watching that because it, it was genuinely, a, it was like a hard watch. Mm. Uh, especially when, again, when you were mentioning that they they go back and tell them that they need to lock them back up. It's the worst thing is they get the one Jewish guy who happens to be able to speak German to tell all the, all the other Jews that like they need to go back in, and he's yeah. get, he's breaking sure. down because he's t- basically telling these people that yeah you need to just stick through it. But then if um, you just let them go, then they're just still gonna die. So at least, yeah, it's such sure. a such an insanely and impossible scenario so, to be in. There's a few interesting things about this um, episode that I wanted to touch upon because this was something that was quite big for me when it happened. So the extras that were in the episode, the actual concentration camp inmates were a lot of them were cancer patients who were oh, undergoing wow. treatment. Oh, really? So that's, yeah, Damn. that's why they were also emancipated and just looked like that. Also, the actors themselves were kept away from it. Kept away from what? The actual, so the actors themselves didn't know anything about the concentration. Oh, easy had. company actors. Yeah. All the right, actors yeah. in the show were kept away from the um, concentration Damn. camp set. 
so, so it that, hit harder. Yeah, when it came uh, to the day they were doing uh, it, they got more genuine reaction. That is mental. Christ. I'd say um, um, I've got a pretty good, I don't know if you, I, maybe a last one, I don't know, but um, in terms of, I think towards the end, um, when the vets are talking, uh, I think it's actually right at the end, maybe when they're talking, um, but one of them says, he like discusses about how they're killing these Nazis without even knowing who they are, and they're trying to explain that they could be similar people. They could even be like friends, but they just, they have a job to do and they just have to kill the other side and they have no idea because mm-hmm. yeah. they're killing someone that's even younger than them. And they're just yeah. like, they could have been like this sound guy, but it doesn't even matter. I thought, I think what's quite interesting, and this will be the last point that I'll touch upon personally, um, is at the end of the series where you get a lot more of the, where you were saying you get a lot more of the interaction with the Germans and there's that ger- basically you watch a whole thing of like this German sergeant, I think, or he's probably mm. a lot higher rank, um, addressing all of his soldiers, and they're talking like because you get this. We always have this image of like Nazis were evil; these were all horrible people. Like, um, but he addresses them all as like you were heroes, you were fighting for your country, you were doing what you mm-hmm. needed to do, and I was proud to serve beside you. Yeah. And all of that, it's enlightening and also such a weird watch because you spend all your life being taught that the Nazis were evil and that, like, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter if yeah. you were a Nazi or if you were just complicit in it. But at the end of the day, you just realise that these people were just, they were fighting a war. They, they, yeah, like if you they were, were a just kid fighting and... for their country. Yeah. I've got one final, like, just scene to kind of talk about, mm-hmm. which I think that was quite. Emotional. It's, it's the final scene when the Easy Company play part, baseball together. Yeah. yeah I really and then when you actually, when you actually find out like, who were the actual the real, you know, people of, of Easy Company, and honestly, I actually cried at the end. So mm. I was just like, because well, no, because obviously you watch it, and we keep saying obviously Easy Company go through this terrible time, and they just have this like moment where it's over now. Yeah. They can go home, and you just see them having just a really nice time. It seems like every like you know, weird weird beef they have with each other is instantly dropped. Everyone's playing baseball and having such a nice time. Mm-hmm. And then like I said at the end, you actually see who like who's alive and who the people who had started the interviews, who they were. And honestly, I got quite I got emotional. I was like, oh my god, this is like it's over now. Which I just thought was really sick. That that baseball scene, it's crazy because even when the war finished, the guys didn't really know how to act process it and process not being in war. And so they were dying. More people, well, like more of the actual named characters were dying. Yeah. After it had yeah. finished, because that guy who got drunk from a different battalion shot the guy, Tom Hardy, mm, car yeah. crash. They go beat him up. They go beat him up, don't they, or yeah. whatever? Which yeah. is quite intense. Uh, almost about to kill him and shoot him in the head and and then also just... yeah sorry um to no, no, no. but it, it is also relating to all that there's some soldiers who can't go home because which funnily i enough, had the no points, idea the points um and then again which i think will lead on quite well to our next topic was yeah. the um the fact that a lot of them had to go over to japan did you and... know this points thing was a thing i never knew it was a thing that was a no, it like, like you had it. to you had to do enough and then you were relieved of your duty. I mean like even even if you did D Day and went through all of that, 
and it goes back to the whole hero thing so like it's still not enough for the u.s army kind of thing like and that that's quite interesting you can do three years of war and you wouldn't have done enough no in practice it make i think on paper you understand why it's there but then like in practice there were people who'd gone through like hell and high water but they were still being like, nope, you're going shipped off to Japan. But then uh, I think Winters said he wanted to go to Japan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But he just found his new life and ward Mm. and the the army and strategy. Yeah. Which leads to the Pacific. Yeah, I'll quickly go over that. Yeah, so the Pacific, that uh, came out 10 years after the Band of Brothers. Won't really go into it too much because obviously, I don't know, it could be potential for us to cover that. Yeah, I haven't sure. seen it. Who knows? I'm sure yeah. it'll be another Who knows? episode. And as well, last year, Masters of the Air. So, in October 2019, it was reported that Apple made a deal with Spielberg's and Hank's production Ooh. companies to stream the series exclusively on Apple. Apple TV instead of HBO. Wow. So, so apparently, fucking streaming service. So What's it apparently called, sorry? the Masters of the Air, there's not much, much obviously said about it. Oh, no, there's not. But apparently Deadline reported that the series will contain eight episodes at production, cost of over 200 million. <laughs> wow. And obviously that's going to cover more about uh, the Air Force. That's not cool. sure if it's either American or British or et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. that's another It'll thing that'll probably come out. 2021 maybe okay wow. 2022 maybe by the time that um, yeah. our brothers did. So it's at the same time, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're, they're watching yeah. it on TV, like what they'd be going to. So it'll probably be covering that. But I saw the chapters in the episode name. So they're gonna they're covering quite a lot of stuff on the Pacific. I think you've already seen it, Ash. But... Yeah, I, I have, yeah. What was the, the general base, like your opinion on it? Was it good? It's different to Band of Brothers. I would say quite different. I, I don't know. I won't speak, speak too much, but I, me personally, I think it's much less about the actual fighting i think it's more about the just the mental well-being of the oh. the people who serve the army but it, it, it yeah i think they're two completely different shows which they obviously are but i think one's obviously for different things but yeah i mean ho- hopefully we can we can you know cover it at some point i still definitely think it's mm. definitely worth a, uh, yeah, it'd be worth a, watch. a discussion but yeah uh what about rewatch value then i think I don't think you can definitely watch in the next couple of weeks again or whatever, but I think you can def I would say you can definitely watch every couple of years or something if it's like, oh, I want something, you know. It's more rewatchable more than most shows. More, yeah. more, more character driven, I guess. Mm. I think because I think it's because it's ten hours, I think it makes it more rewatchable. Yeah. But I think I'd only really rewatch it when showing someone, I think. For if sure. like yeah, me and I'm me and a person sat down like just tanked out the show i think i could do that but i uh, i mean if, a few years i think yeah mm-hmm. i i hold yeah. the same sentiment if if there was someone who wanted to watch it with me again then i'd watch it sure yeah yeah 100 so we did a top three so i told connor and jacob to do 
favorite episodes, obviously top three, and then characters. So okay. whoever wants to go first, Anna, I can go. Yeah. So. go for it. So my top three characters, number one, always goes to Winters. I thought mm-hmm. I just I think Damian Lewis's performance is nuts, and I just really like the character. He's a pretty guy as well. Yeah, isn't it? I, I I had a he's sexy. I had some things feeling. Yeah, he he's a he's a good he's a good looking guy. He's a, he is a sexy major. Constantly he's like shaving. He's always shaving in the snow. Yeah, shit, so. which which yeah, that's what I say because there's one bit, isn't it, where he looks like quite rough. Cause he hasn't had a shave. He's just like, oh mate, I think you do need to need to have a little shave, shave, lad. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, come on, mate, make an effort. Carl. Yeah, come on, sort it out. <laughs> um, Carwood Lipton because I thought I, mm-hmm. I I've I've never really thought about Donny Wilber Wilberg's as much about no. it, but like he was really good like he's really fucking good in it um and then yeah i said pat chris since then but i think i realized that i got characters confused ah uh, so spears so it is spears because of like the, the he the whole becomes thing. really good towards the end as well when he yeah. starts get when he replaces uh dyke yeah it, like mid mid battle in that little scenario where the snipers and the buildings yeah yeah. So good. Um, episodes, probably against uh, popular Reef Karahi. Like, I really enjoyed the first episode. Like, I watched yeah. it back, and I, I do really enjoy it. I know it, the, the tone is completely different, but yeah. I think it's so good for setting the scene. And I just think I enjoyed, like, the lighthearted nature and, like, the fact it is quite funny. I quite mm. like that. Bustone, episode six, because, honestly, I think the Battle of Bustone is such a key pivotal point to the whole tv series and like the actual development of the characters and then episode nine why we fight because i don't think i've watched television that's hit me so emotionally hard in well until recently i'll just say that i was quite similar i put winters for one i put lipton for two lipton i was just always siding with Mm -hmm. i just like every time they were like oh who can we get to I was like, he's in front of you. <laughs> he's yeah. just so sick. <laughs> um, I thought, yeah, he just that's Donny. Donny, my man, smashed it. And um, Malaki for three. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was great. Like a fully lighthearted character for the most part <laughs> to kind of bring you that joy in uh, such a dark surrounding. I'd say best episode was the one where Buck fully loses it and everyone's in the foxholes in the forest. Uh, uh, breaking the one with point. The, yeah, Breaking Point, episode seven, I think. Absolutely insane. Like, just seeing... That was, like, the first time where... I can't remember. I think his name's Joe. Gets his leg blown off. And then Bill yeah. goes to help him and then gets his legs blown off. And then <laughs> and then Buck's, Buck's just there, like... Uh... A lot of legs. And then just loses it. A lot of legs. Yeah, no, I thought just all of that was absolutely insane. It was so tense, just staying in the foxholes, imagining how cold it was. Just... Yeah, insane. And then the concentration camp episode and for everything that we mentioned before and the D-Day episode, which was obviously the first one that you have loads of like battle sequences and stuff, Um, let alone it just being like a pretty interesting like take on it because it's not following the conventional way because obviously the plane goes down early. Interesting to see them try and get back to where they're supposed to go as opposed to just landing on the beaches and because we've seen that already. So it's interesting to see them mm-hmm. yeah. get dropped in a different part and then try and meet up with everyone. But yeah, no, those are, those are my three. Sure. Number one was Lipton for me. Nice. I think he was just really... I don't know. I think he's just really done well because he wasn't... 
obviously at the start, like he he is in it, but he's not quite as involved. But obviously, when it comes to the end, mm-hmm. that, even like I said, when it's even addressed, like now nah, you're like you are the natural leader for Easy Company, you know. And I think his character development, how strong minded he is as well. Yeah. Even you know I mean, soon as when like Buck breaks down, where the lips is like, I need to just fucking do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So I think his character arc is just amazing. Obviously, Winter's second. Obviously, at the start of it, he's so just like he is basically like I don't know. Hypothetically, I guess if you wanted a soldier to lead you into war, or whatever you want, Winter's yeah in that trench review. And you know, when everyone had fully full belief in him, and obviously during the end, even after everything he's been through, he's like, nah. I want to do another tour. And it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> and then number three is probably Malarkey because I think his character as well is really developed. Obviously at the start, we keep saying, obviously, he's just so like kind of fun, but come towards the end, he's just so just like, just really serious. He's just like, mm. nah, just fucking just get on with it. Well, there's a bit where like the younger guys got to him thinking that, I think it was Colin Hanks, thinking he was like the sergeant. <laughs> and even though they were kind of like ribbing him, I actually looked at him and I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, that, like 100%. you see this like complete, well-rounded arc of maturity. Yeah, I thought he just smashed 100%. the whole thing. So, top three episodes. I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I think I would say points was the last episode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I just think the end scene is just. I just like I started crying. It's like a happy cry, I guess. But I thought like so the ending is just done so well. Same as Jake, I would put first episode of their career here. I think kind of what he he said kind of summed up my feelings for the for that episode. Mm-hmm. And then probably episode episode three, which one was obviously with Blythe when he obviously gets like shot in the neck and stuff. So I oh, think it's I just it. his character and just how where he gets blind, he's just like I can't see, but he just doesn't really look that scared and just I don't know. Yeah. I just think there's just so much more in just an episode that, that goes goes along, really. But yeah, we'll quickly uh, just talk about summary overall, well, you know, what we kind of thought about the show overall, mm-hmm. and then that'll be a wrap, mm-hmm. wrap lads. So, Jacob, do you want to uh, yep. talk about your... Um, so, mm-hmm. for me, I feel like it's probably one of my favourite forms of, like, war media that I've consumed, as far as, like, movie, television, video games. Probably one of the best portrayals of it. As a show, it's amazing. Hits the notes, bang on, and portrays war really well. I think the cast is bang on and the chemistry is insane and yeah the the effort that they put in to make the show what it is was a star really mm. i'd agree with all of that to be fair i think the cast is like the main point for me is just seeing that many people before their time being mm-hmm. that good as well um yeah no definitely i think if you've got 10 hours yeah you, need, you can literally you watch, watch one it. a day for 10 days like you know it's yeah. It's really, really good. <laughs> no, for sure. I um, I think this is my favourite war media, just just period. I think it's just done so well. Execution's perfect. Pretty much basically what you guys kind of said, like the just the cast has done so well. Execution is perfect. But yeah, I think if you've definitely, if you're looking for like a good TV show based on like war, this would be the first one I'd recommend to people. Just give it a watch, really. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, it's the best of it, sir. Uh, of its kind, so uh, thanks HBO. Oh, uh, as always, good. thanks HBO. Yours good, but um, but yeah, no. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. We should try and watch be... a HBO show that sucks. Yeah, is we'll see if it, so well, in, I don't know. Does it? Is is it possible? We tried, but yeah, no. Thanks <laughs> everyone for for listening. Next episode will will be a good one. Will be a corker. 
we could uh, we could say that. But yeah, no, a cure, a cure, a cure. If anyone wants to finish off with anything, then we were. Yeah. Cut it. What, what Jacob ended with uh, forget about it last time. So what is it this time? It's um, some weekend pass. Revoked. Yeah, it's got to be weekend pass revoked. Yeah. yeah. You didn't listen to this podcast. Weekend pass revoked. <laughs>